What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast brought to you by Keeping Carlson. I am your host, Louis Ezekiel, and joining me tonight, my pal and yours, Jeremy Versillo. Jeremy, how are you doing on this fine, fine Thursday evening? I'm doing great, Louis. Uh, a little bit of nerves with my first time on the Twitch, but it's just another shift and just got to treat it like any other game. Yeah, I just pull my, uh, I pull the the Trello right over it, so I never see, uh, you know, my my lovely shining white hair on the screen. So that usually keeps me happy. Um, all right, well, we've got plenty to get into today, uh, and we're going to start off with a pretty significant injury, and that is over in Toronto, where Austin Matthews is missing a second straight game of a back to back. Uh, Coach Keefe was not really willing to elaborate a whole lot on Matthew's injury beyond that it's been something that's been bugging him for a while. Um, I'm definitely bummed about this absence. Uh, I'm in a, you know, I, I have a shot maybe to beat Elon this week, although he's got a nice games advantage on me. I'd be a lot closer, I think, if I had Matthews playing, uh, but also a little relieved and maybe, maybe some other Matthews owners are feeling this way too. Maybe if he can take a break and heal, uh, you know, this thing that's been nagging at him, maybe has been holding him back a little bit. Not that he's been bad, uh, but he hasn't been kind of that 1A, 1B guy, you know, in a tier above everybody else along with McDavid. He's at least a tier behind, uh, probably more. He's like 100 points at least behind uh, McDavid in the cupful. Um, but definitely, you know, there's there's hope maybe that if he can rest up and and start to, you know, get his game up to that extra high level that we think that he can compete at. Maybe we've got a big second half coming uh, for all the Matthews owners out there. Totally. I think uh, one thing people have been, I'll call it complaining about earlier this year is that Matthews is only on a 94 point pace as opposed to the 119 point pace from last year or 104 from the year before that. If something's nagging him, that's keeping him out and down a little, it'll be nice to get that right. And hopefully he will lift up the rest of the Leafs also. I think my one concern yeah. is some of those other Leafs, I feel like Matthews drives his team more than some other superstars do. I mean, you saw when McKinnon was out, Rantanen kind of went bonkers. I like hope Matthews comes back soon as a William Nylander owner, just because I want that superstar playing with my guys. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And and definitely we've seen some pretty heavy lifting, I think, from Tavares and Marner uh, this season, too. So he's not, you know, with completely without help. But I see your point totally. Um, and yeah, we want to we want to see that healthy Matthews out there uh, for sure. Um, then we've got another pretty significant outry down in Carolina. Jeremy, tell us about that one. So Freddie Anderson is finally back, creating another three headed goalie monster like the one we talked about Tuesday. Uh, I think this one's going to be a lot simpler, though, because I'm pretty sure Freddie's going to get the majority of the starts. The one minor thing of note for your deep, deeper leagues is that uh, Peter Kachikov got the backup duty today over anti-Ranta. I know there were speculations that they were showcasing Ranta for a trade. Kachikov's clearly been the better goalie the past couple months. Probably just a matter of time before he's permanently the one dressing as the backup. Yeah, really, uh, really interesting to see. And certainly for, for Freddie himself, I think you can't ask for much more than uh, getting a start against Columbus. Uh, that's the sort of thing that I think can definitely help you uh, come back and, and you know, perform pretty well, uh, get your confidence going after a, a long hiatus. So 
Um, you know, nice for nice for Anderson, I think, to to be able to get a relatively light duty here. I hope I'm not cursing him, anybody who's starting him here this evening. Um, but that's sort of my take on having the opportunity to get out there and start against Columbus. Um we got to talk also, this isn't injury or outjury news. Uh, we've got at least one more injury to talk about, but we, we got to just stop and talk for a moment about uh, Travis Konechny, uh, who has just been totally in fuego. Uh, 20 points scored in his last 10 games, including a hat trick on seven shots against the Caps on Wednesday. Uh, he has managed at least one point in every game since getting held off the score sheet on December 17th. And even before that, he had seven points in the eight prior games uh, to that one. So really, it's been all through December and now halfway through January that he has been doing this. Um, you know, a lot of times I think when you see a player going nuclear like this, uh, especially when it's the type of player who had an average ADP of 189th in the cupful. You know, just I think that that fear of what Philly was going to look like this season held a lot of people back. You end up with uh, questions about selling high. He's now 19th in total cupful points and 11th in total fantasy points per game uh, in this league. So uh, I wanted to look and sort of see how much he's overperforming. And I was kind of surprised to discover that it's not by too much. He definitely has some statistics that are outstanding and that are, you know, top in his career and that sort of thing. But um you know, I, I thought that they might be higher and more worrisome. The two numbers that really stood out for me, uh, first was his shooting percentage. Uh, he's shooting 17.78% at even strength, and that's the highest of his career. Um, but he has been able to maintain high shooting percentages before. Uh, 16% over 66 games in 2019-20, 12% over a full 82 in 1819, and 14.5% over 81 games in 17-18. So, Yes, I think this number is inflated. And if he starts to regress, you know, I think we'll see, uh, you know, the, that goal rate come down a little bit. Um, but you know, it's not like he's doubling his previous career shooting numbers or anything like that. And he's shooting more on a permanent basis than he has ever before in his career, uh, which I think should help mitigate some drop off if he loses a few percent off of his shooting. Uh, also looked at his IPP, which is a whopping 90% of the goals scored by the Flyers while connecting his on the ice at even strength are getting him a point. Uh, through his career, he's been a mid to high 70s guy. Uh, so this is inflated too. Um, but I think it also kind of makes a little sense. He's coming into his own. He's easily the most offensively talented player uh, the Flyers can send out. Uh, and adding a little bit to my confidence that this number is not as illusory as it looks uh, is his primary assist rate, which is at exactly one primary assist per 60 minutes and is more than double his secondary assist rate. So I don't think he's really lucking into this IPP, uh, at least not entirely. You know, he is making some nice, confident passes uh, his primary points are are way up there ahead of his secondary points. So uh, scoring goals and getting primary assists, which is really what you would like to see. Uh, so I said that we were thinking, you know, what do you do with this guy? Honestly, I think he's a hold. I'm looking around on the list of players who are in his vicinity in total points and in points per game. Uh and, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to pry away some of the big names that are lower than Konechny on the fantasy points per game list. Guys like Matthews, Kaprizov, Dahlin, uh, and the others like the, the Kachucks or Timo Meyer or Jack Hughes just might be a little too risky when Konechny is in front of them and he's not waving any massive red flags and you know he's going to get all the opportunity in the world. So, uh, as much as I might like to say, yeah, go out and make a big splash and deal him for somebody. 
Uh, I just don't see an opportunity there that really is going to be, you know, uh, worth the gamble uh, of losing a guy who's playing so well right now. I agree with you. I mean, obviously, if you can get a total steal of a top 25 player or something for Konechny, that's incredible. Do it. But as far as Konechny himself, uh, great hold. He's doing everything you could have asked for and more, given his ADP. He's playing an additional two and a half minutes a night from previous years. He's playing more on the power play. He's also playing 40% of the Flyers' shorthanded time. It really just seems like he's a guy that Tortorella and the Flyers coaching staff want out there as often as they can. And so while his recent numbers are absurd, he's going to be really good for you the rest of the season. Yeah, I love that. I thank you for bringing up the the minutes because I think that's really important. And Philly is a team that's been putting together a ton of shorthanded goals. We were talking about uh, Scotty Lawton getting in on uh, some shorthanded points on a short shift. Maybe it was last week or the week before. Uh, just, you know, that if that's a category in your league, the the um, Flyers have really been helpful for you in that regard. And uh, if you get bonus points for it, that's a, that's a big help too. But definitely, I love a Cats league with shorthanded points as one because you just get one or two and you're going to win your week. So uh, you like to see that. Um, one, oh, sorry, two more players that we want to touch on, um, before we head into our break. Uh, and the first is, uh, Spencer Knight heading to injured reserve. Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? Is, is Bobrovsky worth an ad if he's available? I know he's taken in a lot of leagues, but, you know, how confident are we feeling about Bobrovsky in Knight's absence? I added Bobrovsky in two different leagues, uh, this morning and yesterday, actually. So he is available in some. And, you know, I still can't quit Florida. They're so much better on paper than they've been this year. And the upside of a team that is going to win that many games is really tantalizing. Also, Bobrovsky hasn't been as bad recently. His uh, goal save above average is above zero uh, in the last month and a half. And he's gotten a decent amount of points in about half the starts. So with Knight back, when Knight comes back, you may want to drop him again. But at least for now, when we don't know the nature of this injury or how long it'll be, if he's going to be starting 80% of the games for the next week or two, you definitely want Bobrovsky on your team. Yeah, you like to see that volume. And this is this is a good team, as you said, even if they haven't been able to, to show, you know, really how talented they are uh, in some of these games lately. Um, you know, uh, he has just one really bad start in his last six games. That's a, a big step up from the three really bad starts in a row that he had in November. Uh, three quality starts over those six games, three wins. So, you know, he hasn't been lights out, but certainly a volume guy uh, on a pretty good team. That That's worth a lot in, in most leagues. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about is just 2% rostered, a guy who's made a recent comeback and is having himself a bit of a hot streak, uh, and that's Robbie Fabry on the Red Wings. Uh, very small sample size, right? I think they're in the third period, so we've got like three and two-thirds games. Um, but he now has three goals uh, with a goal here on Thursday night. Um, he had, you know, he's averaging, you know, around between, or he's got between two and three shots each game. Obviously tonight's results are pending. Um, and he's thrown in a few hits in there for you as well. Uh, if you're in a cats league or if you're in a league where you get some points for that, um, pretty nice. He's been, uh, out with Berggren and Valeno, uh, which isn't the most exciting at even strength. Um, although they have, uh, at least when I last checked, they've been dominating at five on five against the Leafs in terms of uh, their shot share. 
Uh, he's also got Power Play 1 access with Perron, Raymond, Larkin, Cider, as we mentioned last show. Uh, and he's got Monday and Tuesday games next week. If you can fit him in on uh, a Monday, that's unusually busy uh, for your usual fantasy hockey week. Uh, you know, that's a top power play guy that is available in most leagues. Um, you know, sometimes you're, you're really struggling to find somebody like that. So uh, certainly a, a decent option, I think. Totally agreed. Uh, I don't trust Detroit to keep their lines and power play units the same for very long. But as long as he's getting a decent amount of even strength time and power play one looks, you should add them, especially for uh, heavy weeks like the upcoming one. Additionally, in Yahoo, he has both left-wing and right-wing eligibility, which makes it more likely that he could be useful to your team. So worth an add if you have the spot at the bottom of your roster, for sure. Yeah, I always love to see that positional flexibility. Uh, All right. Well, we are going to head into a short break. You are listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back, folks. Uh, We solicited a few questions from the Keeping Carlson patrons. Uh, so we got some from, uh, some of our frequent, uh, participants that we'd like to try and answer here. And, uh, I believe you have the first one here, Jeremy. Yeah. So Shams asked us, curious on your thoughts on Reimer. Saw him as a Vemelka like, but he, as he is the last bit of production is not looking so hot. I agree there, Shams. Uh, Reimer has been beyond atrocious lately. I think he's given up six goals in two of his last four starts and four in at least one of the other ones. Uh, Additionally, he doesn't face quite as many shots as Vimelka does and has uh, Kapo Kakanen to contend with. I think you can cut Reimer loose and not feel too bad about it. And also, the Sharks have potential to get a lot worse as the trade deadline comes around if they do indeed move on from Timo Meyer or Eric Carlson. Yeah, when I was reading through the notes, I thought that was a really great observation. Just that, you know, Vimelka is, is a, you know, about where he's going to be, obviously, minus potentially Chikrin, I guess. But yeah, the, the, the potential losses at the top of the Sharks roster could be devastating. I don't think we want to make all of our plans based on, you know, what we think could happen at the trade deadline necessarily, but uh, it's definitely something that is worth keeping an eye on um, and taking into consideration when you're thinking about which guy you might want to hold long term. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was a, that was a, a keen eye there, uh, to grab that. Um, I had a question from Julian. He asked, do we think Byfield can stick on line one for the Kings? And is he going to be fantasy relevant there? Uh, I felt like this kind of reignited a longstanding debate that Ben and I like to have. Would you rather have a middle six top power play guy or a top line power play two guy? Uh, and I know I stumped for Fabry previously as a mid six power play one guy, but I think I might. I don't know. The production for, for Fabry has been really nice lately, but I kind of like Byfield in this spot short term. Uh, I say short term because I think of everyone on the lineup, I think he's probably the most likely candidate to shuffle down the lineup if LA wants to shake things up uh, in a few games. Uh, while Fabry is already kind of down as far as he can be on like a line two, three kind of thing. You never know what the Red Wings, it's kind of hard to tell what uh, their middle, you know, what the hierarchy of the middle six is. Um, but yeah, I just think that Byfield does have a capacity to fall further. Um, so I think probably your safer bet is going to be maybe, uh, Fabry, especially with the way that he's producing. But I'm intrigued by Byfield here, um, because that top line is, uh, you know, a, a high quality one with, with Kopitar and uh, Kempe. I agree. I'd also take Byfield over Fabry in the short term. 
I'm also just intrigued by the prospect upside of Byfield. I love my prospects, and Byfield was touted as potentially a 100-point guy when he was in his draft year. So he's also only 20 years old, I think. So totally could still hit that. And just seeing him on the wing there is real promising. Yeah, I think long-term probably projects as a center, right? Because Kopitar is not going to last forever, despite, uh, you know, he seems to really be in a strong effort to prove us wrong every time we say that. But, um, you know, I think eventually his destiny is going to be there as as a center. But, uh, yeah, interesting to see him on the wing there kind of reduces, you know, some of his uh, defensive responsibilities and maybe lets him open up his game a little bit, uh, which could be really exciting and really interesting. Uh, and then, Jeremy, you jumped on our last question here. Last question from Ryan Downey. What kind of ceiling are we looking for with Max Pacioretty being the triggerman for the Hurricanes? Same with Ehlers coming back on Winnipeg. These two outcheries look to be season-defining for their managers. Unfortunately, uh, Max Pacioretty got injured again in their game today. Uh, it sounds like it's another lower body injury, but unrelated to the Achilles that he was coming back from which I guess is a little bit of good news at least. But assuming that that's a short-term injury, I think Pacioretty's ceiling is the same as it was on Vegas. Playing with uh, Sebastian Ajo and Toivo Teravainen, Martin Nechas, whoever he ends up playing with compared to Eichel and Stone, plus power play time, like I don't see any reason Pacioretty can't be a 40-goal, 80-point pace in Carolina definitely a game-changing outchery for fantasy managers. As for Ehlers, I honestly have not looked as much into Ehlers, but he was on power play one, and I think he'll be the same as he was last year, just a real solid option. And there's always been that talk that, well, if Ehlers gets power play one, he could get an extra 10 points a season. So yeah, I would be extremely excited to have either of those guys on my roster. Yeah, I think if we're choosing between the two, give me Ehlers because I think we're we're seeing him have an opportunity this year that we haven't gotten the chance to see and that we've really been pushing for with a lot of excitement like you know uh, the old the old story about how well you know he he just likes being a, a power play two guy um you know i think whatever maybe he does but i think fantasy managers want him to see him out there on the first power play um and with dubois playing as well as he is you know you hope that um you know you get another year out of dubois in winnipeg uh so that ehlers can sort of you know have good options to play with down the middle um, I'm very excited about Ehlers. He would be the guy that I would put uh, at the top just because he's, you know, less likely to maybe break down from age. Obviously, Pacioretty, uh, you know, struggling with some injury issues. At least they are not related to each other. Uh, so, you know, give this one opportunity where I'm going to go against the Michigan man. Give me Ehlers uh, as part of this opportunity. Totally agree with you. Uh, I think Pacioretty's injury also is a bit tougher to come back from. I mean, First of all, he's back a month earlier than he was supposed to be, and it's also a torn Achilles on a 34-year-old. That's kind of scary in any context. Ehlers also had a serious injury, a sports hernia, but those are ones that players go through, get the surgery for, and recover from without too much of a problem all the time. So if I had the option of one or the other, I would take Ehlers too. All right. Uh, and just a couple hot streaks before we close out the show here today. Um, 
Tell us a little bit about what Martin Jones is doing, and if we can add to it here, uh, just close the door on Boston uh, in a 3-0 win. Yeah, my uh, Seattle Kraken have become the first team to beat Boston in regulation in Boston this season. Boston wow. is now 19-1-3 at home, but uh, Martin Jones puts up his second consecutive shutout. Do you know what Martin Jones' record is this year? Off, off the top of your head, I looked it up, and I am amazed. I know that the last 21 games have been a totally insane run. Um, he's now 17-4 and four in that stretch, but I don't know what his overall record is. His overall record now is 25-3. and three. <laughs> For a <laughs> wow. guy that we had written off. And if you had made that bet in in October, you would be a very rich person today. <laughs> that indeed. Uh, it looks like Jones is the surefire fire number one for Seattle, definitely being a part of fan groups and fan boards. People do not want to see Grubauer in the net for a long time. <laughs> so uh, if for some reason he's still sitting on your waiver wire or if you picked him up as a streamer, definitely hold on to him and enjoy the ride because the Kraken seem to be getting better, which I think everybody expected that they'd cool off after their hot start and they just keep winning. Yeah, really, really impressive. Uh, so he's improving. I had, you know, five straight wins with a 934 save percentage. Obviously, it's going to be improved after this victory. Uh, and what's nice, too, is that he's getting run support from the Kraken. You know, they've shown the kind of offensive firepower uh, that got him a win despite a really bad start against Ottawa on January 7th. Uh, so even when he is not playing his best, his team is, you know, helping to lift him up. Uh, 64% rostered on Yahoo. So, you know, chances are he's not available, but that's still a decent number of leagues, about a third of leagues out there where he's around. And we got to account for the fact that some of these leagues are dead, right? You know, Konechny is only, is only rostered in 82% of Yahoo leagues. So we know there are dead leagues out there, but you know, if you can snag this guy, this is a recent resume that is impossible to ignore. Uh, you know, I know that goalies are voodoo and maybe his next start is going to be bad, but the dude just shut out Boston. Okay. So we got to give him some credit where it's due. A uh, really impressive run from Martin Jones. Uh, and then I want to wrap up with uh, a player who is much more widely available, and that's Barrett Hayton. Uh, he's enjoying a nice run of deployment and production, getting line one and power play one deployment with Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. Uh, he's managed four points in the last four games and eight points in the last seven. Uh, to go with about three shots a game, averaging in the upper teens for ice time. You know, this team has not been scoring a ton lately, but most of what they're doing uh, is going through that top unit. Uh, and he's widely available with a Saturday-Sunday weekend and a game on Tuesday, which next week is a light uh, night for games. Uh, so uh, a place you're likely to be able to get him in. Uh, and he's playing against that defense-averse Red Wings team, although I should say they are holding the Maple Leafs, the, the Matthews-less Maple Leafs, uh, to just a goal so far here on Thursday night. Uh, his game has gotten started and the Yotes have not scored yet, but uh, that's a player I will be keeping an eye on because Barrett Hayton is uh, looking pretty interesting uh, lately. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I keep trying to find reasons not to like Barrett Hayton, but I just can't keep Hayton on him any longer. <laughs> Hayton on. I love it. Uh, outstanding. This is, uh, you know, no offense to Ben, but we're, we're, we're sliding right into the same, you know, degree of outstandingly terrible puns. Uh, so, you know, there, there are some things that we can keep going. All right, Jeremy, thanks so much for joining us again. Another week of short shifts in the book. It's been really fun having you. Uh, thanks for everybody who joined us on Twitch. 
Uh, you can always uh, check out the show there. Kind of fun to see things, you know, happening live. Uh, and thanks everybody who is listening to us on their podcast app of choice. Uh, please be sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK. You can find Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson. Recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News NHL, all organized so nicely at GameDayTweets.com. You can visit that site and the other great sites we use to research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. Uh, John Reed is our digital media producer and good Batman comic opinions haver Uh, and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short